We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. Making it cool to be a conservative. Man, the text lines blew up, Boomer. I'm just saying, wow. Uh, we got some new folks in the line, too. So let me go in there real quick and see who we got doing what. I uh, got a new one, uh, Brett from Muscle Shoals. Brett, we're glad you're in the system, man. Thanks. We're plugging you in. Uh, text in whenever you feel like it. Uh, I got another one, uh, uh, Bobby, um, and he, I don't, he doesn't say where he's from, but, uh, Bobby, <laughs> uh, and he, um, uh, I'm trying to, it's a long text. I'm not sure I can get to all of it right now, but I'll, Bobby, I'll come back to your text in a minute, but we're glad you're in the system. Uh, Bruce from Hazel Green said, we're sending one of our grandchildren to a private high school. It's $10,000, which is ridiculous. And, you know, I, I get it, man. Uh, we, 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 we made sacrifices to have our kids in a, in a, in a, Private school. I mean, I'm a product of public school. My wife is too, but we um, we sent our kids to a uh, private high school. Uh, it wound up paying off in spades because they both did extremely well uh, academically, and uh, and then went on to get scholars scholarships in college. So, uh, hang in there, Bruce. Uh, Joe Gunn from uh, Huntsville. Joe Gunn says, uh, "So glad I graduated from Troy with three degrees ago, uh, a BS in 1982, an MS in 88, and the EDS in 1996. Back when I could pay for it, never had a government loan. Worked to pay mine off. Good for you, Joe Gunn. Appreciate you. Um, and 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 then again, you bring up the point though. Uh, Joe Gunn makes the point that he paid for his degrees. So all these folks that are getting their student loans paid off, do those of us who paid for our degrees get a check in the mail?" I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. So yeah, that's not going to happen. Just because. So so basically, if you if you made the poor decision to take out a loan that you couldn't then pay for later, or you you, you took out a loan to get a degree that offered you no ability to pay it off later, what about the people who paid for it out of their own pocket? Or worked hard to pay as they as they go. Charlene, I mean, my 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 beautiful wife, she waited tables during college. She had a student loan and she waited tables. And her parents also helped, you know, provide some uh, portion of that. And they had to do. I mean, she was she was a poor college student, and you know, and and I wasn't rich. I was better off than she was in terms of having a scholarship that also gave me a stipend. And my dad, you know, was was working to to help pay for tuition. But I mean, there was a lot of ramen noodles and peanut butter in college. You know what I'm saying? That that being said, do people who paid for paid their way, do they get a check in the mail from the government? I don't see it happening. Uh, who else we got down the line here? Kenny Melkmont says um, uh, his room in the bastard's listed quarters was a cinder block walls and had three or four men in a room. LOL. <laughs> and before that, he was in a fifty man open squad bay. So what he's saying there is, um, how about this? Send them in the military for a while. Let them earn the GI Bill. I even saw a liberal said, uh, by the way, well, you know, you can be a soldier and get a GI Bill. Why can't they, they get their free tuition? They earned it. Thank you very much. They earned it. So, so yeah, not, not, a, not a fair comparison. Not, not, not at all. Don't try that. Here's the other one. Well, during COVID, there were people that got payroll protection loans through the government and then they were forgiven, so why is that a, not a big deal? Well, let's look at this. If somebody goes down that road on your social media or having that water cooler conversation at work or in Sunday school and they say, well, why, why, I, want, I want my child to have their student loan paid off. I mean, didn't your business get that payroll protection loan? Yeah, that payroll protection loan, by the way, was first of all enacted by Congress. 
Biden student loan bailout is not. So it was enacted by Congress, and it had stringers attached to it. If you kept your people employed through COVID by using those funds, then you could apply for forgiveness, which may or may not be given. Oh, a little different when you look at it that way, isn't it? Biden is not going through Congress. He's trying to pretend that he has both the power of the purse and the power of the executive, and he doesn't. He's also trying to pretend that in some way there is an equal relationship between people who did all they could to keep their businesses open during COVID when everything in the whole freaking world was being shut down and keeping the paychecks in their hands so that their families didn't suffer, that somehow that equates to the idea of having a underwater basket weaving degree from, you know, Hokum Jokum University. Hokum Jokum, where'd that come from, Boomer? I just, I just, just yeah. Boomer just looks at me and laughs because he, Words that come out of my head sometimes. Um, Brian from Huntsville, he just texted in, ramen noodles mixed with Vienna sausages in college. Yes, indeed. Redneck lo mein, he says. Yes, indeedy. Uh, that was big doings when you could add a hot dog to the ramen noodles. It's like, wow, eating, eating high on the hog tonight. <laughs> Dang. Um, Mike from Somerville says, uh, and why don't more school systems offer trade school? Well, they do, by the way. And, and in fact, I'll, I'll tell you this, Mike. Uh, it may not be av- available everywhere. Sometimes they're having to partner with the local junior colleges, and there might not be one close by. But when I was in the state Senate, I was proud to be the sponsor of the dual enrollment bill, which is now the law in Alabama, that says you can be in high school and duly enrolled in a tech school program at the junior college nearby. And you can, you can graduate sometimes with a high school degree and a certificate from the junior college and go right into the trades. And uh, so that, that does exist out there. Uh, Kenya from uh, Monrovia says, I went to community college at $67.50 a quarter in the 70s before heading down to Troy. I worked a work-study program at $1.25 an hour and commuted most of the time, and I graduated my business degree in no debt. See, that's America right there. Thank you, Kenya. You, you, are, you are on the money. No pun intended. Um, Glenn from Bluntsville texted in says, when you apply to get a check for your reimbursement of your student loan, tell them you're woke. <laughs> that's just it that's it the application says are you woke <laughs> thank you thank you very much uh brett from muscle shoals says the cost of education and health care went up with the, when the government got involved the more government money is available the higher the cost perfect point that's exactly right they they literally have no reason to lower the cost of tuition because the government's going to keep giving them more money and and that is an issue pete from muscle shoals was texted in says government caused the need for the ppp and he's right. So when the governor shuts down businesses and then you have to get PPP to keep your employees on, on, you know, on the payroll. And then, oh, by the way, the governor comes back and says, and all that money we got from the feds, we got to use that to replace the unemployment compensation fund. Well, it drained because of you, governor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, listen, more to come. We're going to come right back after this break. I didn't even get to half the text that came in. Appreciate y'all being a part of this audience. 833-687-4448. We're talking about our U.S. military coming up next. The woke warfare. Mm. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studio for hour number three. The local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. Yes, indeed, the show covers down on all of the issues. Like the dude said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is uh, indeed hour number three. Hard hard to believe, boom shakalaka, that we are at hour number three. I mean, Already? I mean, what the heck? Did, yes. Did you take some of my time away? What happened? I just, I kind of just threw it out. <laughs> just, just shaved <laughs> it off the clock. Shaved it off. Um, that was good stuff. That's that's you know it's always like it's a it's a great sign when the show goes fast because I think it means the content is really you know resonating is doing its thing. Yeah. Um, all right, listen, let's do that with another topic. I know this audience, we got a ton of people out there that care about our national defense. A bunch of y'all are veterans uh, or veterans in your family. Uh, quite a few of you are still green suitors out there at places like Redstone Arsenal or at uh, uh, Anderson Army Depot or at uh, Maxwell Air Force Base or serving in our reserves or National Guard. So all of that to say, this next section is for you, woke warfare. Woke warfare. Are, do, do we have woke policies being thrust on our military? I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is unequivocally yes. Now, the question is whether they believe it is or not. And, and, and if, they, if, they, if they keep adding these policies for diversity, equity, and inclusion, diversity, equity, and inclusion, that is part of wokeness. Don't think for a second that it's not. But I, I saw a piece that, that – um, so U.S. Senator Roger Wicker from Mississippi. So those of you that are a Mississippi audience, we're, 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 uh, we're, we're giving you a thumbs up for Senator Roger Wicker, who's a ranking member on the Senate Armed Services Committee. Uh, he delivered some remarks in the last couple of days. And he said this. He said, the ideas propagandized by the bureaucrats and so-called diversity officers in our military are painting a false picture of reality. He says, they run afoul of America's founding principles and our country's dedication to the proposition that all men are created equal. The mission of the U.S. military is to deter real wars and to win them, not to engage in culture wars within the ranks. And he points out that DEI is ongoing right now at service academies, you know, West Point and the Naval Academy and all. He says, across the service academies, students can now find indoctrination courses on, and I quote, this is his quote, the social and physical constructs of race, gender, and ethnicity in the context of social inequality in America. At every service academy, he says, one can now find diversity, equity, and inclusion programming for students. The examples of what this does to the military would be laughable if it weren't so dangerous, in his words. This is one of our Senate Republican members of the Senate Armed Services Committee. He says, rather than fighting culture wars at the Pentagon, our focus should be turning to do everything in our power to expand the population eligible and qualified for military service. And he says, I will partner with any member of Congress who wants to achieve that goal. Uh, let me jump to a phone call real quick, and, uh, and then we'll head down the uh, the path to seeing what some of these other officials have had to say. Uh, line one, Jason from Athens. Hey, Jason, Phil Williams, how you doing? I'm doing great, Phil, and I, I'm, I'm glad somebody's talking about this because I served in the military. I spent some time, but most of my time was at Fort Bragg, uh, bouncing back and forth between Afghanistan and Fort Bragg and Garrison. Yeah. And when I was there, I felt like I was in what you all might think of as the military. Um, I got out, 
and I began to miss it after some time. So I joined again, and I went this time to the Army Reserves. Yeah. Now, now, there certainly is a difference between the reserves and the uh, regular active duty anyway, but let me just tell you, first day there, I see a guy who's he just doesn't look the part, and I did what I'm supposed to do as a non-commissioned officer, and I addressed it. Guy wouldn't get in parade rest. He cocked what we used to call parade pretty. Um, and I want you to know that I got in trouble later because I used the knife hand, which is for listeners who don't know. <laughs> you know, the NCO oftentimes will point at you with four fingers when they're addressing you, and, they, and we don't sugarcoat things, right? Um, he actually uh, advised the commander that he just didn't have his card, and uh, otherwise he would have pulled it on me. And if he would have pulled it, I wouldn't have known what it was, apparently. They give soldiers now some kind of card they can whoop out if they're feeling overly stressed, which is, uh, hey, you got to leave me alone. You see, my stress level's getting high. And, uh, you know, that alone blew me away. Add to that, while we're there in the reserves, we're not doing military stuff. We were going through feel-good PowerPoint classes about all kinds of social justice causes. Then you have a PT test that comes up. You had literally privates telling their non-commissioned officers that they're not taking it today. They just don't feel like it. Oh. And the NCOs were powerless to stop it. And, I, you know, I was involved in the meeting, and I said, well, fuck, let's do this. And the answer that I got was, no, nah, that's hazing. What do you mean that's hazing? That used to be called an on-the-spot correction. So, yes, I, I, I could go on for days. I don't want to hijack your radio show. No. But I'm telling you right now. We have never had a higher likelihood of conflict with China than we have today. No, I totally agree. I'm also agree. telling you right now that the Chinese soldiers are not over there sharpening their skills on wokeness. Okay, they're they're not, and that's what we're doing. So if we go to war, we just have how. Oh, did we lose him? They'll switch to our side and understand. But I don't think that's how it'll work. Hey, Jason, let me let me jump in there and ask you. Uh, first of all, thanks for your service, man. Appreciate that very much. And um, uh, especially uh, being a you know a two timer where you joined, got out, and then found a reason to go back in and do the reserve thing. So I I've done a lot of time in guard and reserve, and I can tell you right now, it depends upon leadership. So my my personal experience in a in a National Guard uh, Special Forces unit was PT tests mattered and knife hands were okay. And then I did have one brief sojourn into what I would call a more rear echelon unit that that I, the first day I was there, I heard the XO say, okay, if anybody feels like doing PT, let's turn outside and see if we can get some done. I thought, well, what have I just fallen into? So I think it boils down to leadership more often than not. Uh, what years were you were you in? So you were Bragg, active duty, um, and then when were you in the reserves also? Okay, Bragg, active duty, I went in in 2007, and I stayed there through 2013. All right. And I got out just because I wanted to have a family. I wanted to, I don't know, the, the, the unit I was in just deployed every 18 months, and I wanted some time I can to have a family. But then I got to missing it, and I joined back to the reserves in 2018. And I will tell you, during my time in the reserves, I served with two different units. Both of them were equally dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, I've seen it. It can be disheartening, man. They're like, okay, you do have a uniform that says U.S. Army, but you're not acting like it. But, um, but there's some good ones out there. So let me just reassure you on that, first of all. But, but, but your experiences are not they're they're not too often unusual, which is a cry and shame. Is that there's a well, there's a world of we got soft sidedness in the military right now. If we went to war today, we're in trouble. Uh, just take it from me. I'm just a guy, 
and and you can take that for what it's worth. But I am telling you right now, if we go to war today, we're in trouble. Well, so here, here's here's where I stand on it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna unpack this some more. Uh, I'm of the firm belief that yes, you're right, and I say that with regards to senior leadership having policies that don't win wars, but. I'd still believe that the average Joe and Jane who joins the military joins for the right reasons. I don't think we have a whole bunch of people out there that because they had two mommies, they want to join the military and find their dream. I don't think that's a worthy uh, advertising policy um, uh, for recruiting. But then I do believe, though, that we have kids that if you tell them, we'll give you a life of adventure, you will travel the world, you will win our wars and support and defend our Constitution, and we'll make you better than you were when you got here, I think they'll join up in droves again like they did back when you and I got in. Well, what's missing, Phil, is the team, okay? Yeah. And we, the military used to reward belonging to the team. And today what they are pushing for is the individual. Uh, and that's – people who don't know don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, if you're not a member of the team, when the time counts, you may not be willing to do what you have to do to protect your team member. Good call, man. So Good call. I, I'll let you get back to your show. Thank you so much for taking my call and letting me have my 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, brother. You have a great one. Appreciate your service. Thanks much. Um, yeah, so so here's the thing, uh, and, and he's not wrong, by the way. There there is a there is a softer side of, and, and, I, and I totally agree with the last point he's made, that too often what we're seeing right now in the policies, now keep in mind, policies and the actual warfighter functions can be two different things. You can have people that are hard charging, jumping out of airplanes, doing all the things it takes to be a warfighter. And I don't care if you're a company clerk pushing paper or you're a Green Beret. doesn't matter to me what, what your role is. You can, you can be a hard charger in whatever role you're given. But when the, when the Army leadership continually wants to find diversity, equity, and inclusion and the opportunity for people to find their own personal space and allow transgenders to be in you know, different units and people have to feel uncomfortable showering with someone of the opposite sex. I got news. It's going to drive recruiting down. When you tell them that despite the fact that you have a right to your freedom of religion and you're going to actually fight for that right because it's part of the Constitution you're sworn to uphold and defend, and yet you're going to have a vaccine mandate that then denies you the ability to apply for a religious accommodation. I got news people are going to stop joining up. So some of these policies that I'm talking about, I've got, and by the way, in my opinion, and this is, this is to take it for what it's worth, this is just Colonel Williams sitting here at his desk in the right side studio right now. But I'm going to bet there's more of you out there that would agree. In my opinion, it's time for Army Secretary Christine Warmoth to resign. It's time for someone else to take that job. Maybe, just maybe, we ought to find a Secretary of the Army who's actually served in the Army. Wouldn't that be a novel thing? And I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm saying she's a bad Army secretary. I'm saying she's presided over the, the, the policymaking side, the, the civilian leadership side of drastic failures in recruiting and retention of the Afghanistan debacle. And, and right now, in, in, in just, just my semi-educated, I've been in uniform and I used to polish a lot of boots opinion Army Secretary Christine Wormuth is, is literally just a placeholder. She's someone who was put there so that the president could say, I appointed the first woman to that position. So freaking what? Does she know how to guide things in a direction to win wars? There's a novel idea. How about the Army Secretary be a warfighter? How about, how about the Army Secretary be someone who has lived in a barracks and polished a boot before? 
How about the Army Secretary be someone who has gone through basic training or has, has, has deployed in some or knows what it means to have to leave your family behind to go do those hard things in hard places? So, yeah, I'm getting out there on this one. Army Secretary Christine Warmoth, go to the House. All right, Boomer, take me to a break. I'm going to come right back, and I'm going to jump into things that Army Secretary Christine Warmoth has said most recently. And I will tell you there's a little bit of good news because a new recruiting ad just came out, and I, I don't dislike this one. <laughs> so we'll play that for you when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative with some of the best bump music in the radio world. Boomer, you were on it, man. Now on the bumps that that one we've had for a while. Yes. That was that was a, that was some of our Black Crows bumps. But you, you you jammed in a few new ones here today. That just there's a few new ones in here. I actually caught myself one time just listening to the bump and I realized, oh, I'm supposed to be talking right now. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got to start it. It's it's all your fault though, Bumber. You put the best bumps in there. What oh, am man, I supposed to do? You got to do? listen to them. I'm saying. Uh, good job, man. Thank you. Uh, hey, the text lines are open. Eight three three six eight seven. 4448. That's 8336 8 right. Uh, so, uh, so basically, Jason called in a moment ago. Uh, Jason, who was stationed at Fort Bragg for a while. Uh, Brian from Huntsville, Texas, and says, I like Jason. I owe him lunch. So there's that. Uh, Wendell from Baton Rouge just texted in and says, The last caller is why I love listening to this program. Great conversation. We need to know these experiences. Uh, thank you, Wendell. Appreciate you saying so. Uh, Dwight from Decatur. This texted in and said the Alabama guard did trans uh, trans training last. Uh, I did say last, I guess last month. Said I submitted my retirement papers. I would not encourage anyone to join. That's awful to hear. Um, I was a battalion commander uh, in the Alabama guard, an infantry battalion, and uh, we did not have any trans training uh, at my battalion. Um, anyway, uh, wow. Okay, great, great listeners, great reviews. Let me let me say this. Army Secretary Christine Warmoth, I'm not a fan. You may have gathered that since I called for her to resign in the last segment. But she has, um, I went and checked her bio, which I've got up on the screen right now in front of me. And um, she has been a, a policy person, uh, usually at the Office of Secretary of Defense, since like 1996. I mean, her, her she's got a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science from William and, uh, from William and Mary, I think it is. Um, a master's of public policy from the University of Maryland. Uh, she's been a presidential management intern. Uh, she's, you know, helped write the 1997 Quadrennial Defense Review. Yay. Um, all of this is cool, and I do not mind the fact that we have, you know, uh, uh, a civilian side to the military. We should, because we are a nation in which the civilian sector is allowed to have final say over the military. That's why we have the secretaries, and we have the executive branch as commander-in-chief, not a military branch. But that being said, um, I'm, just, I'm just curious how, 
um, you can have a lady, any person, man or woman, who is the secretary of the army who has never served in the army. I mean, she's, you know, she got out for a while, worked in a defense consulting firm, came back in 2009 as a Department of Defense political appointee. She was a senior fellow in the International Security Program with the Center for Strategic International Studies. Yay, but did she ever polish a boot? Ever once. Did she ever run a PT test? Ever once. Did she ever have to go to the field or deploy and leave her family behind? Ever once. And the answer is no. Now, I'm not saying she hasn't done some cool things. What I am saying is I'm not sure why she's Secretary of the Army, except that she's been a career bureaucrat who has worked in policy, and she is, you know, they're able to say that she's the first female Secretary of the Army. Well, I'm pretty sure there's some people out there, you know, with some pretty cool ribbons and badges from serving in the military who are also female who could have been Secretary of the Army just as easily. Uh, so Army Secretary, according to Daily Wire, Army Secretary Christine Warmoth took some heat via Twitter when she boasted most recently, this story came out yesterday, that the Army is prior prioritizing its plans to combat climate change. Well, there you have it. Warmoth revealed that Fort Bragg, North Carolina, one of my favorite places in the military, by the way, uh, spent a lot of time deploying in and out of Fort Bragg. Warmoth revealed that Fort Bragg, North Carolina, was home to the largest floating solar array. Well, now, hey, solar panels that float on the surface of a body of water while tethered to the bottom in the southeastern United States. And she argued that was proof of the military's leadership when it came to climate change. Critics were quick to respond to Warmoth's tweet that, tweet that a number, with a number of them arguing that the military should not even be prioritizing climate action over combat readiness and preparing new recruits for potential figure, future battles. Now, she takes issue with that, rightfully so. But retired Marine Gunny Sergeant Jesse Jane Duff, another female, reacted as well, saying China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea are watching as the Secretary of the Army brags that her priority is fighting climate change. Secretary of the Army, your absurd focus is why the U.S. military was rated as weak relative to the force needed to defend our national interests. I got more of this. When we come back, we'll talk about what she said about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then I'll play for you a recent ad that does give me some mm, hope, I guess. Anyway, all I can say here is that retired Navy SEAL Derek Van Orden, who now serves in Congress, said he's just a dumb and retired senior enlisted guy, but he thinks there's 15,000 more priorities she could think of than that. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Hey, um, listen, I got to tell you guys, we have a new advertiser, Elm Foundation. That's E-L-M, Elm Foundation. If you haven't heard the ad talking about the Elm Foundation, which is based out of Huntsville, I encourage you to check them out. Their website is Elm, that's E-L-M, 
hsv.org. That's like Elm Huntsville. E-L-M-H-S-V.org. You can check out what they do, and, and what they do is actually very cool. You know, we, we have people in our communities that are, that are going to be, there's always going to be somebody, somebody who is disenfranchised or is, is in need of assistance, and the whole idea is that you give them a hand up, not a hand out. And Elm Foundation is really making strides right here in North Alabama at giving people opportunities, uh, giving them job skills training, uh, helping them to learn how to manage resources, to find the resources they need for things like drug rehab and all that. At the same time, they're not just bailing them out or enabling bad behavior. They're literally working to get people into a better place so that they become productive in society again. And I, so I, I, and I love that. That's the way it's supposed to be. I encourage you, check them out, the Elm Foundation at elmhsv.org. That's Elm Huntsville, elmhsv.org. Check them out. Um, all right, so we're back right now in the whole idea of woke warfare. I got several people uh, who texted in uh, since the last uh, segment, uh, Raven from Russellville. Um, Raven says, as a graduate of the John Wayne School for Wayward Boys, I can tell you, Woke would not have fared well when I was there. <laughs> and and for those who don't those who don't know don't know those who do know know what he's talking about is the um, uh, the JFK Special Warfare Center at Fort Bragg. Uh, so yeah, where they train Green Berets and Civil Affairs psyops and and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, the John Wayne School for Wayward Boys. Yep, ain't no woke gonna be there. John from Decatur says, so where did they put the solar panels in, in, at Fort Bragg? I don't know. He names Mott Lake. I don't know. I, I, I was kind of surprised to hear that because I was trying to picture a lake that was big enough to do it without, you know, causing an issue, but whatever. So, so listen, um, Biden's Army Secretary, Christine Warmoth, I'm not a fan. You know, she might be a nice person. Maybe, maybe we would, you know, you know, be able to barbecue on a Saturday night and have a good time. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of her being the Secretary of the Army. I'm not a fan of her lack of military, personal military experience. I'm not a fan of her woke policies. Well, she says they're not woke. They're not. They are. Uh, Daily Wire had a story last October quoting her. Headline, we're not woke. We just have diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, yeah, uh, Joe Biden's Secretary of the Army, Christine Warmoth, gave a master class on how the left advances its agenda, says this article from Daily Wire last October. She's a liberal arts graduate with a master's of public policy who has served in the civilian position since May of 2021 when Biden appointed her. The Biden appointee declared Monday, that, that's back then, that the armed forces aren't woke. They just have diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts in every military base to make marginalized members of society feel included. Well, so let me just go ahead and say that feeling included is what happens when someone shaves their head, looks like everybody else in line with them, when they all shave their heads, goes through basic training, learns how to do stuff together, eat stuff together, work together, and win wars together, and you all wear the same uniform, and it says U.S. Army, U.S. Navy, U.S. Air Force, whatever the case may be, that's being included. Warmoth said sharply, I don't know what woke means, but first of all, I would say if woke means that we're not focused on war fighting, we're not fighting on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations around the countries and overseas where I go visit. Okay, I'm glad to hear she, she feels that way. I will also say this. I am not disheartened at the quality of troops that we have. By and large, I think we still have the ability to win wars. I do think it's been diminished. I do think we have a readiness issue. I do think that we have a, um, 
a warfighter spirit that is starting to flag. I do think, too, that we're finding fewer people wanting to join right now because of the woke policies being put in at the top. The article points out, says, she says, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army, and I think we have to make them feel included. That's why a lot of our diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are so important. Well, the article points out, and I agree, says we would actually prefer to not we would actually prefer to exclude anybody that's not fit to serve, but it slows down the army's readiness to kill. So let me let me say this. Uh, you know, I'm an old soldier, right? I'm a, I'm a I'm a black boot soldier. I, I I had a lot of kiwi in my life that I had to put on boots and rub to a spit shine. I I, I, I we had the old school where you, you got your uh, you, you had your garrison uniform and you had your field uniform, and the garrison uniform was starched, man, starched. So everybody who's been in thinks that the, the new kids don't know as much as they know. I get it. But I will say, we didn't have as much non-military-oriented effort as we do now back in the day. We just didn't. So one thing that I am pleased with, though, is the Army just came out with a new ad. And they're moving back to the um, be-all-you-can-be kind of mode. In fact, it even says be-all-you-can-be in the ad. Remember you got that ad ready? Here's the thing. I'm going to play this ad for you. You don't have the visuals with it. The visuals are not bad. The visuals, um, they, they show paratroopers. They show tanks. They show you know people working in medical environments. They show Green Berets and paratroopers, all of them. They, they, they do. But it, it just it's it's still missing an edge. And and it's like they tried so hard to make sure they had a broad spectrum of the different kinds of people that are in the army. I, I'm fine with that, really. I am. But it's just so obvious what they're trying to do. But here's the thing. It's better than what I've been seeing. It's better than the cartoon-based ads of Susie with two mommies just trying to follow her dream of inclusiveness. That crap's got to stop. In the meantime, I'm going to play you this new ad. Uh, Boomer, go ahead and play it. What does it mean when people say America is a land of opportunity? It means we strive to be a nation of limitless possibilities. Exploring those possibilities isn't just an inclination. It's our greatest strength, the power to discover to redefine yourself. To improve yourself. To challenge yourself. To challenge yourself. To challenge yourself. To realize there's more in you than you ever knew that you could do. To be all you can be. To be all you can be. It means never assuming something can't be done. And if it's the right thing to do, never stopping until you achieve it. That's how the US Army has succeeded since the founding of this country. Since the founding of this country. Giving people an open field to explore what they do best. With the best tools, the best training. The best technology in the world. The possibilities really are endless. And the world sees that. It's what we fight for every day. Every day. Every day. Seeing those possibilities, then going out and achieving them, that's winning. And we all know that winning matters. Having possibilities matters. It's what makes every soldier swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United, United States. States. America was built on embracing possibilities. This is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do. We bring out the best in the people who serve. Because America calls for nothing less. So you can be all you can be. 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 Be all you can be.
that's that's some that's that's a that's a definite improvement. It's a definite improvement. I mean, I I look at it and it's like it's just it's just like on the edge of of sort of firing you up. And and I'm I don't know what's missing. I, I will say this: there's something about the Marine Corps commercials that that always seem to like make you want to take the high ground. Um, but 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 this commercial is is definitely a step up. I think someone somewhere has finally gotten it through their thick freaking heads that you cannot continue going down the road of telling people why we're going to need you to help us make the army more inclusive. Stop that. So there, there's there's no there's no kids out there that are looking for an opportunity to join the military so they can become softer. Now I will say this: the army has lowered its standards. The military, I mean, but by and large, the, the, the Department of Defense has lowered its standards. You know, President Obama tried to put in place an opportunity for transgenders to serve. President Trump put it on hold and sent it off to be studied ad nauseum, everybody knowing what the result was going to be. General Mattis, when he was, you know, when he was sitting in the secretary's position, he, he, he kept that thing at bay for a while. And then the first thing that happened when, uh, when Biden took office was he authorized not only transgenders in the military, he, he put orders in place that require, you know, joint facilities for, for transgenders to be in the same barracks, same bathrooms, same shower stalls, all of it. And at the same time, he's, he's allowing people to join the military to have their, um, their um, gender reassignment surgeries uh, paid for by the U.S. Army, the U.S. Air Force, U.S. Navy, whoever. And, and I look at that and go, does that really help us fight wars? Well, everyone should be given an opportunity to serve. No, everyone should be given an opportunity to serve if indeed they can join and win wars. You are allowed to have in the world, in the world of employment, as an attorney, I can just tell you, you're allowed to have what's called a BFOQ, a bona fide occupational qualification. And if you have to lower the standards then do you really have a BFOQ at that point? If you're, if you're having to say, you know, that fireman doesn't need to be able to carry the, uh, the, the hose roll up the uh, ladder. You know, that, um, that soldier doesn't need to be able to see to be able to fire his weapon. You know, that, um, that, that person doesn't need to be uh, bilingual to be a linguist in the Army. I mean, what the heck? you got to have a bona fide occupational qualification. Well, the Army's been lowering its bona fide occupational qualifications. The PT test, um, allowing for people that have higher rates of uh, uh, anxiety and depression because they are openly uh, transgender uh, to be in the ranks, um, never caring what it does to the, uh, the rights or, or, the, or the freedoms of those who serve in the same barracks. And, and so all I'm going to say is this. Secretary of Army Warmoth, who appeared in that last little video I displayed, Maybe she caught on that woke policies are being called out and the fact that we have a new Republican Congress might mean she has to answer to it. It's going to have to keep morphing. We're going to have to keep getting back to the days of we're here to win wars. And, uh, and, 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 and woke warfare, it doesn't win wars. Hey, let me tell you real quick before we go, uh, speaking of bona fide occupational qualifications, ZLA Solutions. ZLA Solutions has been with us since the very beginning of this show a year and a half plus ago. ZLA Solutions are like some of the best around right now at helping people and jobs come together. If you're an employer and you need people, now they can do a lot of things for you, logistics, warehousing, you know, all kinds of different things, but their bread and butter, man, at ZLA Solutions is still staffing. 
It doesn't matter if you need onesies and twosies or a whole shift of people. Blue collar, white collar, no collar, it don't matter. Right now they've got a big push on hiring for high-tech white collar work at a new facility uh, out at um, uh, Redstone Arsenal. I'm just telling you, ZLA Solutions, you can find them at their website, ZLAUSA.com. They are doing really cool stuff. If you need people, they can help you find them. ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. And do me a favor, tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. All right, Boomer, take us to the last break of the day. Brother, we'll do that right now. We'll come right back and wrap up this uh, woke warfare piece. Looks like it's a two-dipper day, Boom. Two-dippers. Two-dipper day. It's all right. That's all right. There's a lot in them dippers. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. So, hey, Just Love Coffee Cafe. Well, you know what I love is when we get we get people that send us stuff that says, hey, that advertisement you're doing, this is what I just did. So so Wanda from Somerville today, shout out to Wanda from Somerville, yeah. who sent me a picture of her lunch at Just Love Coffee Cafe today. Said that uh, this was her first, um, her first foray into uh, Just Love Coffee Cafe. She loved it. Uh, she had the, uh, the, 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 the BLT uh, that was – it's cooked in a waffle iron, by the way, which I still love. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. But, um, but anyway, so, yeah, Wanda from uh, Somerville. I sent that to Travis at Just Love Coffee Cafe and said, had another one of our listeners send us proof, proof that they are enjoying your food. And um, yeah. so, yeah, two locations in our listening area, one on South Parkway in Huntsville, the other on Hughes Road in Madison. Just Love Coffee Cafe with an amazing menu, amazing coffees, amazing environment. You got to check them out. Hughes Road in Madison, South Parkway in Huntsville. Just Love Coffee Cafe. Um, so, yeah, let's wrap this up here. I've got two articles left, one from Wall Street Journal, the other from Heritage uh, Foundation. Which one do I want to go with first? Let's see. I'll tell you what. Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal editorial board came out pretty strong. Talking about woke training in the government overall, which also includes the Department of Defense. Says things like, the Department of Veterans Affairs has a gender gingerbread person. What? NASA says beware of micro inequities. Micro inequities. Okay. And if U.S. Army service women express discomfort showering with a female who has male genitalia, then what's the brass's reply? Go talk to your commanding officer, but you got to toughen up. No, it's, it doesn't work that way. It's not says, these are details from hundreds of pages of diversity, equity, and inclusion training materials that are used by the federal government in 2021 and obtained under a Freedom of Information Act requests. says, everyone in corporate life knows about this kind of training, but taxpayers might be curious to know how their money is being spent to instruct the federal workforce to include your military now. As for its diversity training, the U.S. Army offered three modules, three Three separate modules on transgender policy, one for commanders at all levels, one for special staff, and the third for units and soldiers. Notably is a series of vignettes that cover pronoun usage, urinalysis observation, and a serviceman who wants to discuss his newly confirmed pregnancy. God, my. A serviceman who wants to discuss his newly confirmed pregnancy. 
With respect to showers and schedules, those schedules can be adjusted or curtains can be installed, but a soldier's gender in the Army system governs which facilities are used, meaning if the Army decides they're going to accept transgenders and you're born a male but you identify as a female, you're put in the DEER system that way. That means it just is. You just are a female at that point, period. That is where you'll be assigned. That is how your barracks and quarters will be assigned. That is how it will be. Transgender soldiers are not required or expected to modify their behavior, just the other soldiers. Wow. How about this one? The last one I got here. The Rise of Wokeness in the Military by the Heritage Foundation. And it goes on and on and on. I mean, I don't know that I can even get into This is like a five-page article. But it says that wokeness in the military is being imposed by elected and appointed leaders in the White House, Congress, and the Pentagon who have little understanding of the purpose, character, traditions, and requirements of the institution they are trying to change. And the push for it didn't just begin in the last two years under Biden, nor will it automatically end if a non-woke administration is elected in 2024. Wokeness in the military has become somewhat ingrained, and unless the policies that flow from it are illegal or directly jeopardize readiness, senior military leaders have little alternatives but to comply. Woke ideology undermines military readiness in various ways. It undermines cohesiveness by emphasizing differences based on race, ethnicity, and sex. It undermines leadership authority by introducing questions about whether promotion is based on merit or quota. It leads to military personnel serving in areas for which they are not qualified or ready. And it takes time and resources away from training and activities and weapons development that contributes to actual readiness. So the bottom line, folks, is this. I won't go into all the examples it gives, but it gives plenty. The bottom line is this. The U.S. military exists for the sole purpose of defending and supporting the Constitution, fighting America's wars, and ensuring that our enemies lose, not us. The U.S. military is indeed a melting pot. My dad, who served as a career officer, he used to be proud of the fact that the U.S. military, and I am too, was the first true melting pot of American society. That, though, does not mean that it is an experimentation station. It is not designed to do anything except fight and win wars. You have the combat arms, you have the combat service support, you have the combat support elements, and they all have their peace. But they are not designed to make people feel better. They're not designed to give you an opportunity to find your, your level of softness they're designed to create hard-charging, war-fighting soldiers who go out there and win America's wars as needed. And we need people right now. We've got to get away from these woke policies in our military. And I will continue to harp that as long as I have a microphone. All right, you guys, it's a double-dipper day. Tomorrow we'll be back at 2 o'clock. Plenty of stuff on tap. We should have U.S. Senator Katie Britt on the show tomorrow. Y'all stay tuned. We will see you then. 